the Old Testament reading this morning, which is being spoken by our dear principal, notice how I said that, is from Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning verse 10. Son of man, say to the house of Israel, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Therefore, son of man, say to your countrymen, the righteousness of the righteous man will not save him when he disobeys, and the wickedness of the wicked man will not cause him to fall when he turns from it. The righteous man, if he sins, will not be allowed to live because of his former righteousness. If I tell the righteous man that he will surely live, then but then he trusts in his righteousness and does evil, none of the righteous things he has done will be remembered. He will die for the evil he has done. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle is recorded in Romans chapter 4, beginning verse 13. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For it was those, for if those who live by laws are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless, because law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they, they were. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, beginning the 17th verse, the words of Christ Jesus. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. 
anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Here ends the Holy Gospel. This is the point at which little people come forward, not the entire school, okay, because it won't fit too well. So if you're on the lower end of elementary, lower L, sure, you can come on right up. Don't move the boxes, though. They're kind of important. Although it doesn't look like it, this is supposed to represent a train. So we can pretend this is a train. And these are little box cars. The front of the engine has a special name. It's called the... The what? It's the engine. Okay? Now, are any of you brave or small enough to fit in a box. No, don't sit in this one. <laughs> Can you help her in? Sure. If we have to get smaller people because the boxes aren't that big. Yeah, but you're kind of big. There's a, there's a good guy. Would he come sit in a box? Sure. Oh, okay. He doesn't like being picked up. Oh, there's a good candidate. Come sit up here. Yeah, not that one. Yeah, sit in that one. Whoa. Here. Yeah, you did. No, no, you're, you're way too big. I need some smaller, two smaller people. Smaller people. Uh, it, I guess you're smaller. Sit in that one. Can... Who else? You're a good size. Come sit in this one. Okay, everybody else kind of go to one side or the other so moms and dads can see. Trains are meant to go places, right? Now, if the engine doesn't have an engine in it, how far is the train going to go? This many feet. This many feet. Nothing. Yeah. The only way that this train of God works is if you have the proper engine. Otherwise, can you guys make it move by yourselves? Not really. The only engine that makes the train of God's church move the right direction and not backwards and stay on the right rails is Jesus himself. The reason for your Christian education is to move you along through life always trusting in the engine which is Jesus.
He did everything right. He's the only person that's ever done everything right. No mistakes, no sins, nothing wrong. But when he goes to the cross, he lays this aside and takes on all of our sins. He became sin for us. He who knew no sin, says St. Paul. So when he takes on the sin, he pays for them at the cross. These two things represent what you are to believe all through life. That Jesus takes your sins away, and in the place of your sins, he gives you his own righteousness. He sees you as though everything is right, and it is, as you're believing in him. So that's how this train will move, is because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? Is that simple enough? Can you all get out of your boxes? Don't tip over out of your box. Oh, okay. There we go. And you can head back to mom and dad, grandma, grandpa. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Our text for this morning is actually the gospel reading which was from Matthew chapter 5. Christian education, Lutheran education, the world thinks it's rather unnecessary. The world thinks that the power by which you move through life is just plain learning things. Two plus two is four. That's supposed to guide you through life? Although in some schools, if you say 2 plus 2 is 3, you get points for trying. This is not how things work in life. Christian education is always to be tied back to Christ Jesus in everything. I have a little picture of Jesus here standing up, telling us things. What we do in life, however, is we trust in him, but we have a tendency to put him in a convenient box. And then in other parts of our life, we use other boxes. So that Jesus doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with the rest of our life. It's like when I take this cross, the engine, out of the front of the train. Christian education is more than just having you count how many apostles there are. Can you count the 12? Can you name the apostles? This may come as a shock to some of you, but that's not Christian education. Where did Jesus grow up? Where did he suffer and die? Again, this may come as a shock to some of you, but that's not Christian education. It has nothing to do with the chief difficulty that only Christ can take care of. And that was pointed out in all the readings this morning. It has to do with the problem that we have, even we as Christians, 
that we need Christ Jesus as part of everything that we do, not just Jesus in a box on Sunday morning. Have you ever had any difficulty on a Sunday morning? Everybody gets up, and certain people in the family want to get into the bathroom first, and others think they're supposed to be in the bathroom first. Has that ever caused any consternation in your home? Or mom has a great meal prepared. She thinks it's going to be wonderful. Some of the kids come in and go, Ugh! Give me peanut butter. I can't stand what mom's cooking. Well, do the kids always get along? You're not answering my question. <laughs> Even over here at this Lutheran Christian school, do the kids always get along? No. Just ask the teachers, not only in class, but even on the playground. Things happen. This brings to bear the difficulty, which is sin or unrighteousness. And unless that pervades every single part of everything you do in life, you really haven't got Christian education. Christian education wants to be a part of every part of your life from the time you get up to the time you go to bed at night. There is to be a kind of integration, shall we say, of the good news of Christ into all of our life. Paul in, first, in Colossians chapter 1 says, In all things, Christ is to be preeminent. That means he's the chief matter in all the events of life. That's because... We're sinful. Oddly enough, you can go places that have the name Christian in front of it, and they don't like to deal with that much anymore. That doesn't bring crowds in. It's kind of a downer to talk about sins and repentance. We have a special Reformation banner up this year, 500th anniversary, and the reason that it is purple and not red or white has to do with the very first of Luther's 95 theses, or statements about religion. The very first one said this, the, the totality of Christian life is to be one of repentance. That is, the proper dealing with sin. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah, excuse me, Ezekiel was dealing with a notion that if you're good enough, you can go ahead and sin every so often. Because if you've gained enough righteousness by the things you've done, that will somehow carry you past your sins or somehow make up for them. Did you notice that Ezekiel didn't buy that at all? He says the righteousness of the righteous man will not save him when he goes ahead and disobeys. If he sins, and he will, he will not be allowed to live because of his former righteousness. Notice that Christian education is not the accumulation of the notion that you're getting better and better and that you can pay it out once in a while when you sin. If you trust in your own righteousness at all, you've lost everything. On the other hand, he also says, 
The wickedness of the wicked man will not cause him to fall. That means fall completely when he turns away from it. Notice there's no hopelessness. When you do recognize your sins and confess them, admitting them first to yourself, to one another, to Christ himself, that's the beginning of a new life. It's St. Paul who talks about the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith in what Christ did, not what we do. Some may be saying, I've heard that before. Well, in this church, you'll hear it again and again and again and again to your dying day because it's what we all need to be hearing. We are all sinful human beings and need the assurance of God's love in the face of our ongoing sinfulness. Some have said that this kind of business about law and repentance and then good news of Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection and faith. Some say we need to get past that. We've got to get into real living. What can I do? How can I accomplish things? That's all well and good if you know why you're doing the right things. Many never get that straight. They think the good things that they intend to do somehow are building on their own righteousness again. But the moment that happens, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, you are severed from Christ. You are cut off from God's grace. Indeed, Christian education goes over and over on the basics of sin and grace, but then all emphasizes that the reason why you learn to do things, why you learn your math, do your science, gain your skills, is so that in your life, all of it, you begin to see how you may want to do what is good and right. It's your thanksgiving back to God. Christian Lutheran education is therefore not just some dead doctrine, but it assures you of God's love day after day, and it's the impetus for living differently, lovingly, caringly to all those around you, no matter where God has placed you in life, no matter what your vocation or job may be. That's the practicality which Christian education brings to the child, to the family. Again, without Christ you are literally going to go nowhere. As highly educated as you may be, as gifted as God may have made you, without knowing your Savior, His love for you, without knowing your Savior and His direction for you in the life that you lead in every part, your train of life is simply going nowhere. Emmanuel St. James Lutheran School was founded, as I said, back in the mid-1850s and then at this congregation in the late 1930s for the purpose of training the entire child of God for life, complete life, in this world as a witness always to Jesus Christ. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.
Amen.